Section four of Celebrated Crimes, Volume four, Part three, by Alexander Dumas. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Lillis. Celebrated Crimes, Volume four, Part three, by Alexander Dumas. Section four. While the ill-starred girl was thus walking in terrifying security at the edge of the precipice, Trespolo, following his master's wishes, had established himself in the island as a pilgrim from Jerusalem. Playing his part and sprinkling his conversation with biblical phrases, which came to him readily, in his character of the ex-sacristan, he distributed abundance of charms, wood of the cross, and milk of the Blessed Virgin, and all those other inexhaustible treasures on which the eager devotion of worthy people daily feeds his relics were the more evidently authentic in that he did not sell any of them and bearing his poverty in a holy manner thanked the faithful and declined their alms only out of regard for the established virtue of solomon he had consented to break bread with the fisherman and went to take meals with him in the regularity of a cenobite his abstinence aroused universal surprise a crust dipped in water a few nuts or figs sufficed to keep this holy man alive to prevent him that is to say from dying Furthermore, he entertained Nisida by his tales of his travels and by his mysterious predictions. Unfortunately, he only appeared towards evening, for he spent the rest of the day in austerities and in prayers. In other words, in drinking like a Turk and snoring like a buffalo. On the morning of the seventh day, after the promise given by the prince to the fisherman's daughter, Brancaleon came into his servant's room and, shaking him roughly, cried in his ear, "'Up, odious marmot!' Trespolo, awakened suddenly, rubbed his eyes in alarm." the dead sleeping peacefully at the bottom of their coffins will be less annoyed at the last day when the trump of judgment comes to drag them from their slumbers fear having however immediately dispersed the dark clouds that overspread his countenance he sat up and asked with an appearance of bewilderment what is the matter your excellency the matter is that i will have you flayed alive a little if you do not leave off that execrable habit of sleeping twenty hours in the day i was not asleep prince cried the servant boldly as he sprang out of bed i was reflecting listen to me said the prince in a severe tone you were once employed i believe in a chemist's shop yes my lord and i left because my employer had the scandalous barbarity to make me pound drugs which tired my arms horribly here is a phial containing a solution of opium mercy cried trespolo falling on his knees get up idiot and pay great attention to what i am going to say to you this little fool of a nisida persists in wanting me to speak to her father i made her believe that i was going away this evening to fetch my papers there is no time to lose they know you very well at the fisherman's you will pour this liquid into their wine your life will answer for your not giving them a larger dose than enough to produce a deep sleep you will take care to prepare me a good ladder for to-night after which you will go and wait for me in my boat where you will find numa and bonaroo they have my orders i shall not want you in scaling the fortress i have my campo basso dagger but my lord stammered trespolo astounded no difficulties cried the prince stamping his foot furiously or by my father's death i will cure you once and for all of your scruples and he turned on his heel with the air of a man who is certain that people will be very careful not to disobey his orders the unhappy trespolo fulfilled his master's injunctions punctually with him fear was the guiding principle that evening the fisherman's supper-table was hopelessly dull and the sham pilgrim tried in vain to enliven it by factitious cheerfulness Nisida was preoccupied by her lover's departure, and Solomon, sharing unconsciously in his daughter's grief, swallowed but a drop or two of wine to avoid resisting the repeated urgency of his guest. Gabriel had set out in the morning for Sorrento, and was not to return for two or three days. His absence tended to increase the old man's melancholy. As soon as Trespolo had retired, the fisherman yielded to his fatigue. 
nisida with her arms hanging by her side her head heavy and her heart oppressed by a sad presentiment had scarcely strength to go up to her room and after having mechanically trimmed the lamp sank on her bed as pale and stiff as a corpse the storm was breaking out with violence one of those terrible storms seen only in the south when the congregated clouds parting suddenly shed torrents of rain and of hail and threaten another deluge the roar of the thunder drew nearer and was like the noise of a cannonade the gulf lately so calm and smooth that the island was reflected as in a mirror had suddenly darkened the furiously leaping waves flung themselves together like wild horses the island quaked shaked by terrible shocks even the boldest fishermen had drawn their boats ashore and shut within their cabins encouraged as best they could their frightened wives and children amid the deep darkness that overspread the sea nisida's lamp could be seen gleaming clear and limpid as it burned before the madonna two boats without rudders sails or oars tossed by the waves beaten by the winds were whirling above the abyss two men were in these boats their muscles tense their breasts bare their hair flying they gazed haughtily at the sea and braved the tempest once more i beg you cried one of these men fear not for me gabriel i promise you that with my two broken oars and a little perseverance i shall get to torre before daybreak you are mad bastiano we have not been able ever since the morning to get near vico and have been obliged to keep tacking about your skill and strength have been able to do nothing against this frightful hurricane which has driven us back to this point it is the first time you have ever refused to go with me remarked the young man well yes my dear bastiano i do not know how it is but to-night i feel drawn to the island by an irresistible power the winds have been unchained to bring me back to it in spite of myself and i will own to you even though it should make me seem like a madman in your eyes that this simple and ordinary event appears to me like an order from heaven do you see that lamp shining over there i know it answered bastiano suppressing a sigh it was lighted before the virgin on the day when my sister was born and for eighteen years it has never ceased to burn night and day it was my mother's vow you do not know my dear bastiano you cannot know how many torturing thoughts that vow recalls to me my poor mother called me to her deathbed and told me a frightful tale a horrible secret which weighs on my soul like a cloak of lead and which i can only relieve myself by confiding it to a friend when her painful story was ended she asked to see and to embrace my sister who was just born then with her trembling hand already chilled by the approach of death she desired to light the lamp herself remember these were her last words remember gabriel that your sister is vowed to the madonna as long as this light shines before the blessed image of the virgin your sister will be in no danger you can understand now why at night when we are crossing the gulf my eyes are always fixed on that lamp i have a belief that nothing could shake which is that on the day that light goes out my sister's soul will have taken flight to heaven well cried bastiano in an abrupt tone that betrayed the emotion of his heart if you prefer to stay i will go alone farewell said gabriel without turning aside his eyes from the window towards which he felt himself drawn by a fascination for which he could not account bastiano disappeared and nisida's brother assisted by the waves was drawing nearer and nearer to the shore when all at once he uttered a terrible cry which sounded above the noise of the tempest the star had just been extinguished the lamp had been blown out my sister is dead cried gabriel and leaping into the sea he cleft the waves with the rapidity of lightning the storm had redoubled its intensity long lines of lightning rending the skies of the clouds bathed everything in their tawny and intermittent light the fisherman perceived a ladder leaning against the front of his home seized it with a convulsive hand and in three bounds flung himself into the room the prince felt himself strangely moved on making his way into this pure and silent retreat 
the calm and gentle gaze of the virgin who seemed to be protecting the rest of the sleeping girl that perfume of innocence shed around the maidenly couch that lamp open-eyed amid the shadows like a soul in prayer had inspired the seducer with an unknown distress irritated by what he called an absurd cowardice he had extinguished the obtrusive light and was advancing towards the bed and addressing unspoken reproaches to himself when gabriel swooped upon him with a wounded tiger's fierce gnashing of the teeth branca leon by a bold and rapid movement that showed no common degree of skill and bravery while struggling in the grasp of his powerful adversary drew forth in his right hand a long dagger with a fine barbed blade gabriel smiled scornfully snatched the weapon from him and even as he stooped to break it across his knee gave the prince a furious blow with his head that made him stagger and sent him rolling on the floor three paces away then leaning over his poor sister and gazing on her with hungry eyes by the passing gleam of a flash dead he repeated wringing his arms in despair dead in the fearful paroxysm that compressed his throat he could find no other words to assuage his rage or to pour forth his woe his hair which the storm had flattened rose on his head the marrow of his bones was chilled and he felt his tears rush back upon his heart it was a terrible moment he forgot that the murderer still lived the prince however whose admirable composure did not for a moment desert him had risen bruised and bleeding pale and trembling with rage he sought everywhere for a weapon with which to avenge himself gabriel returned towards him gloomier and more ominous than ever and grasping his neck with an iron hand dragged him into the room where the old man was sleeping father 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 he cried in a piercing voice here is the bastard who has just murdered nisida the old man who had drunk but a few drops of the narcotic potion was awakened by this cry which echoed through his soul he arose as though moved by a spring flung off his coverings and with that promptitude of action that god has bestowed upon mothers in moments of danger went up to his daughter's room found a light knelt on the edge of the bed and began to test his child's pulse and watch her breathing with mortal anxiety all this had passed in less time than we have taken in the telling it branca leon by an unheard-of effort had freed himself from the hands of the young fisherman and suddenly resuming his princely pride said in a loud voice you shall not kill me without listening to me gabriel would have overwhelmed him with bitter reproaches but unable to utter a single word he burst into tears your sister is not dead said the prince with a cold dignity she is merely asleep you can assure yourself of it and meanwhile i undertake upon my honour not to move a single step away these words were pronounced with such an accent of truth that the fisherman was struck by them an unexpected gleam of hope suddenly dawned in his thoughts he cast upon the stranger a glance of hate and distrust and muttered in a muffled voice do not flatter yourself in any case that you will be able to escape me then he went up to his sister's room and approaching the old man asked tremblingly well father solomon thrust him gently aside with the solicitude of a mother removing some buzzing insect from her child's cradle and making a sign to enjoin silence added in a low voice she is neither dead nor poisoned some filter has been given to her for a bad purpose her breathing is even and she cannot fail to recover from her lethargy gabriel reassured about nisida's life returned silently to the ground floor where he had left the seducer his manner was grave and gloomy he was coming now not to rend the murderer of his sister with his hands but to elucidate a treacherous and infamous mystery and to avenge his honour which had been basely attacked he opened wide the double entrance door that admitted daylight to the apartment in which on the few nights that he spent at home he was accustomed to sleep with his father the rain had just stopped a ray of moonlight pierced the clouds and all at once made its way into the room the fisherman adjusted his dripping garments walked toward the stranger who awaited him without stirring and after having gazed upon him haughtily said now you are going to explain your presence in our house i confess said the prince in an easy tone and with the most insolent assurance 
that appearances are against me it is the fate of lovers to be treated as thieves but although i have not the advantage of being known to you i am betrothed to the fair nisida with your father's approval of course now as i have the misfortune to possess very hard-hearted parents they have had the cruelty to refuse me their consent love led me astray and i was about to be guilty of a fault for which a young man like you ought to have some indulgence furthermore it was nothing but a mere attempt at an abduction with the best intentions in the world i swear and i am ready to atone for everything if you will agree to give me your hand and call me your brother i will agree to call you a coward and a betrayer replied gabriel whose face had begun to glow as he heard of his sister spoken of with such impudent levity if it is thus that insults are avenged in towns we fishers have a different plan ah so you have flattered yourself with the thought of bringing desolation and disgrace into our home and of paying infamous assassins to come and share an old man's bread so as to poison his daughter of stealing by night like a brigand armed with a dagger into my sister's room and of being led off by marrying the most beautiful woman in the kingdom the prince made a movement listen continued gabriel i could break you as i broke your dagger just now but i have pity on you i see that you can do nothing with your hands neither defend yourself nor work go i begin to understand you are a braggart my fine sir your poverty is usurped you have decked yourself in these poor clothes but you are unworthy of them he suffered a glance of the crushing contempt to fall upon the prince then going to a cupboard hidden in the wall he drew out a rifle and an axe here said he are all the weapons in the house choose a flash of joy illuminated the countenance of the prince who had hitherto suppressed his rage he seized the rifle eagerly drew three steps backward and drawing himself up to his full height said you would have done better to lend me this weapon at the beginning for then i would have been spared from witnessing your silly vaporings and frantic convulsions thanks young man one of my servants will bring you back your gun farewell and he threw him his purse which fell heavily at the fisherman's feet i lent you that rifle to fight with me cried gabriel whom surprise had rooted to the spot move aside my lad you are out of your senses said the prince taking a step towards the door so you refuse to defend yourself asked gabriel in a determined voice i have told you already that i cannot fight with you why not because such is the will of god because you were born to crawl and i to trample you under my feet because all the blood that i could shed in this island would not purchase one drop of my blood because a thousand lives of wretches like you are not equal to one hour of mine because you will kneel at my name that i am now going to utter because in short you are but a poor fisherman and my name is prince of brancaleon at this dreaded name which the young nobleman flung like a thunderbolt at his head the fisherman bounded like a lion he drew a deep breath as though he had lifted a weight that had long rested on his heart ah he cried you have given yourself into my hands my lord between the poor fisherman and the all-powerful prince there is a debt of blood you shall pay for yourself and for your father we are going to settle our accounts your excellency he added raising his axe over the head of the prince who was aiming at him oh you are in too great haste to choose the rifle is not loaded the prince turned pale between our two families gabriel continued there exists a horrible secret which my mother confided to me on the brink of the grave of which my father himself is unaware and that no man in the world must learn you are different you are going to die he dragged him into the space outside the house do you know why my sister whom you wished to dishonor was vowed to that madonna because your father like you wished to dishonor my mother in your accursed house there is a tradition of infamy you do not know what slow and terrible torments my poor mother endured torments that broke her strength and caused her to die in early youth and that her angelic soul dared to confide to none but her son in that supreme hour and in order to bid me watch over my sister End of section four.